You know, I don't know. I uh, I don't really thought about that. That'd be kind of wild. Um, Nick does seem like the type of guy that would really get into some costume play, though. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. Mike Leach said Nick Saban seems like the type of guy who'd be into costume play. And I need to know from you, what is Nick's fetish and what role does Miss Terry play? Miss Terry is Miss Piggy. Nick is Kermit the Frog. This is the Houndstooth Heroes podcast. There are many Alabama football podcasts on the internet, and if you're looking for the worst one, well, I have fantastic news for you. I'm Greg Dawkins. He's Ellis Metz. Producer Ian Petty keeps us in line and sounding good. We're proud to be sponsored by Druid City Brewing, and as usual, we are drinking. Metzi, what's in your glass, my man? Howdy, partner. Great to be here, and tonight I am... Happy to be on my George Clooney, drinking Casamigos on the rocks, a little bit of lime. Life ain't bad. How about yourself? Still working on that Four Roses single barrel. I don't like change. But what I did like was how the tide looked Saturday at Mizzou. We're not stats guys. We don't really know our numbers yet. But I can tell you that I liked a lot of what I saw Saturday, beginning with Mac Jones Some numbers that I did learn. He was 18 of 24, 249 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He wasn't a world beater, but that kind of number will take you to a national championship. What about you, Matthew? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That zero interceptions is my favorite stat of the whole weekend. I thought he was serviceable and and most importantly, avoided major mishaps. Uh, He was replaced, I guess what he did one drive after halftime, replaced by freshman sensation Bryce Young. Uh, You know, I thought he I thought it was very good that Saban let Bryce get some reps with the first string of receivers. I thought he looked okay. What'd you think? Um, same. I, you know, I read something and I don't know, I'd like to credit who it was, but I can't remember, um, that he looked like his high school tape and that's about right. He looked like a high school quarterback. Who's a really, really good high school quarterback. He took some sacks that he shouldn't take. He made some, you know, some runs that were, you know, that were glimpses of greatness, but you know, when you're, you're coming out of high school, uh, you take the good with the bad, and there was some of both. You know, maybe he will be when he gets some more reps. Uh, you know, going to take over Mac Jones's job, but I didn't see that on Saturday. But like you know, like we said last week, everybody who's seen him says he's game ready, and I, I, I tend to disagree at this point. If that's if that's game ready, um, yeah, that's not there. But he could get there, and from all intents and purposes, that is. That is what everybody says is going to happen. So let's wait and see, I guess, is where I am on him. Yeah, we've seen kind of a spectrum of freshman quarterbacks coming in ready. I mean, if you'll recall, when Tua first made his appearance in the national championship, he threw at least one terrible interception, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, and and Bryce avoided anything like that. Mac Jones, of course, had some infamous Iron Bowl moments last year. Right. Uh, so, so Bryce didn't do anything poorly and he was i think it was one of the commentators who said he was twitchy he was twitchy as hell i mean he can rear back and throw a rope i think it's there i i think i have to say he is probably in my mind the starter 
before the year's out. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was a fine freshman showing. And and look, one other thing I didn't say that it should have. He's got Steve Sarkeesian. He doesn't have Lane Kiffin. So we, we're not going to get this miraculous quarterback development that Lane Kiffin could give us out, out of Steve Sarkeesian. So it's going to be a slower progression, I think, because I think, you know, Lane could have him in week three ready to go and firing, you know, firing 60-yard missiles. But, you know, this Sark's not going to do that. You know, so I think that's a, not so much a hindrance. I mean, I don't think we need to throw a kid out there three weeks in, but I don't think he's going to be ready as quick as somebody like Lane would have him ready. Miss you so much, Lane. I know. All right. Elsewhere on the offense, Najee did Najee things. 98 yards. Really sad that wasn't two or three higher, uh, three TDs on the day. I thought he picked up right where he left off and he takes there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like what you said, I mean, this game all around is absolutely what we thought it was going to be. So that's, I, I don't feel like we have any, you know, news or takes to break because everybody did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Najee was going to, he started a little slow and Najee tends to do that. But when he gets going, Najee, you know, like I said, 98 yards and three touchdowns defensively. Like we, like we just, like we said was going to happen. Christian Harris is a stud. Will Anderson is as advertised. You know, it, this game went exactly as the script said it was going to go. Yeah, totally. It was really fun to see all those guys healthy again and and that unit back out there. Will Anderson, aka the Terminator, I'll be back. Was awesome. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, immediately made his mark felt. Uh, fan favorite LeBron Tarpit Ray also stood out, and so did. Oh, Duke, 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 Duke. Oh, Duke, Duke. Waddle, baby. I hate you. I know. In this week's episode of Waddling Straight to the Downtown Athletic Club, where they used to give out the Heisman Trophy, we are now 69 days from Jalen Waddle lifting the Heisman Trophy. Nice. No idea if that's true, but it seems about right, according to my maths. And while we're on the subject of maths, our boy Jalen Waddle, eight receptions on Saturday, 134 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, set the tone early with that beautiful catch uh, down the middle. It was not Mac's best pass of the day. It was a weird angle, but boy, did he make it look pretty. I think we're just going to keep seeing more and more of that. I think he is the best player in the country. <laughs> and I, I mean, he's a freak, fastest kid alive, so good. So uh, countdown to the Heisman. I haven't seen what the odds are, but lay the house, people. <laughs> All right. Joke's on you because nobody hates me more than I hate me. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, one thing I didn't love, I'll Ooh. be the negative Nancy here. Trey Sanders may be trash. Trash. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, it's hard to say. He had 10 carries on the day for negative yardage, which has and to be. you know the- how hard it is to do that? It's not easy. Right. Yeah. 10 yeah. carries and you couldn't get positive yardage out of a 10. It has to be the worst stat line an Alabama running back has had That's in maybe a decade. Yeah, we're looking at Ken Darby numbers. Right. Uh, to, to his credit, I guess, or in his defense, Nick Saban said that they were switching guys around on the O-line and, you know, a lot of disorganization that he blamed on those linemen, which it's all about footwork. I don't know if you know this, Gregory. I, I, it is all about footwork. Okay, but here's my take on that. What's what's Nick going to say? Oh man, Trey Sanders is trash. He's got to be. He's on the he's on the first bus out of Tuscaloosa. 
I mean, I don't know what else he could say, but you know, like, like we hear so often, you are what the stats say you are. And, um, the stats say he's trash. Yeah. It was was that game. It was a trash stat line. Uh, anything you didn't love? Um, not really, but what I didn't love because you know, I'm all about consistency and it was a weird ass week of football, right? A couple of things. I I think the way, I think we learned that there's a reason you open up with a cupcake is so that you can learn how to football because, (laughs) you know, I I think we did fine, but there are a lot of teams who did not do fine. LSU, for instance, did not do fine. UGA did not do fine, which makes me wonder, first of all, it begs a question, move you. Are they good? I think they are. You think they're I, good? I don't I don't know that they're good, but I think they're going to be hard to stop in sort of the same way Oklahoma is, who we saw we saw exposed again, on Saturday, but Right, again, I mean, cup, needed a cupcake. Yeah, they'll put up a ton of points and if you can stop them and score your own points, you're just fine, but I think we're going to see a lot of teams struggle to stop that. I think, okay, I, I think, first of all, LSU was enormously overhyped. They have five returners from last year's national championship team. Um, it is hard for anybody to return five people. I think in that sense, LSU did not, you know, I think they were ranked, I don't remember what they were ranked, something, I don't know if they were 10 or 12 or whatever, uh, but that was a very generous ranking for what they had coming back. Because I think you saw from our game, the drop off from first string to second string in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Well, LSU was rolling with their entire second string, basically that got suddenly got promoted to first string and they didn't get any better. So I really think LSU, you know, got a, got a lot of, got a lot of cred from last year that they didn't deserve, but at the same time, that little offense of, of the Pirates is hard to stop. So, you know, I think, I think, so I think it's a little bit of both. I, are they good? Maybe on some days I think they're good. I also think they could, uh, you know, drop a game to Kentucky. Who knows? Totally. I, I, totally. I, they, just like he did in Wazoo, just like he did at Texas Tech, you know, he's going to play his lights out against Texas, but suddenly lost his ass to Baylor. So, you know, I think I think we're going to see more of that from him. I, I think that's exactly right. And the quarterback was impressive. That Stanford transfer, he he can do what Mike Leach needs him to do. But you're right. There's nothing more on brand for Mike Leach than to beat a couple of decent teams and then just shit the bed. So right, exactly. I, I'm not scared, but it was no. more impressive than I expected. And I, I, I'm not scared, but at the same time, you know, if if the, if they were playing last year's defense, I would be scared. Yep. I think this this version is is significantly better. But if they were playing last year's defense, there's every it would be a shootout, and we might win it. But I damn sure can guarantee you they were going to score. You know, forty five, fifty points. And, and I'll also say I'm glad as hell we didn't play them in week one. I think any right. team would have had a really tough matchup figuring yeah. out what. To yeah, do you with didn't that. know what to expect. I mean, you knew, but who? With, with, with that personnel, who knew it was going to? Who's good? And who's not? Yep. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, Ugga bad. I don't think they're bad. Um, I don't think they're as as advertised. Defensively, they're still one of the better, if not the best, defensive teams in America. They just have a hell of a time scoring points, and they can't figure out who their quarterback is. They've got whatever his name is, TJ JT. I don't remember his name. Coming back next week, so maybe that'll make a difference. But they had, you know, they're. They had their third string quarterback named, you know, Douchebag O'Leary, who's like all of 5'10, 180, starting because their second string guy sucked. 
So I think offensively they had some struggles that weren't necessarily their fault, but I think they got some shit to figure out, to be honest with you. But defensively, look, uh, good luck scoring points on UGA. So I think that's going to be a problem with Auburn later. We'll talk about that later. But so good luck scoring some points. But at the same time, if, if Georgia figures out how to score some points, they're going to be hell to deal with. But right now, I don't think they know how. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and lastly, on my list around the SEC, just a note, Tennessee quarterback Jarrett Garantano still in college. Yeah, after all these years. I, it feels it feels like a decade ago when he was playing defensive back and flipped off the Alabama fan and Bryant Denny. It just it all runs together with him. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. But we are not ones to dwell on the past, mostly because we can't remember it. We're more of a future people. And what I know of the future is that next up is Texas A&M, the weirdos. Anything Auburn can weird, A&M can weird better. Let's crank it up. Mets, tell us what to expect when A&M has the ball. All right, I'm going to put a damper on that really quickly because I think you did more research into into this section than I did. Was there a midnight yell self-quarantined or something? Do you know what they did here? Yes. There, in fact, there was a virtual midnight yell uh, <laughs> because a friend of mine who did not go to Texas A&M, did not go to and any, she went to Trinity of all people places, but fancies herself an A&M fan, talked about the virtual uh, midnight yell. So yes, the weirdos weirded out uh, online. Brother, if I could get that Zoom link. Oh, you know it's weird. I know. I know. Man. All right. Anyhow, to the offensive side of the ball, 17-year senior Kellen Mon somehow remains under center. His chest hair is gray. His cleats are orthopedic, but by God, he's still there. Speaking of orthopedics, they're also paying Jimbo Fisher $7 million a year for a five-point win over Vanderbilt, which included a first-half safety. Uh, by the way, quick note on that. Coming out of the game, PFF College, which we think is a reputable source. If- it is. Okay. Uh, they ranked Vanderbilt as the best D-line of week one uh, going up against that Texas A&M O-line. And if you'll recall, your boys, me, said Vandy was recruiting the chess team for spots on this year's team. So uh, I like our D-line's chances. That's a quick aside. One other quick aside here, Gregory. Yes. Who, who loves a velour suit more in their old age here, Mond or Fisher? Oh, that's a fair question. Right. Okay, which reminds me, I mean, I see them both as track suit men, um, which reminds me of a story a friend told me the other day. Uh-oh. He had a friend from, let's say, Serbia, who every day of the week wore a track suit, a track suit of all colors. He was, you know how this, you know how an Eastern European guy will wear a track suit. So one day they're sitting at the bar, he walks in. And his tracksuit is all white. And dude says to the guy, what's with the all white tracksuit? He goes, I came from church. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I didn't see that going there, but I love yep. it. Thank you. Exactly. All right. Uh, anyhow, expectations in College Station were hilariously high coming into this year uh, to coincide with a hilarious number 10 ranking. What they do have is their leading passer, rusher, and receiver all returning, as well as four of their five offensive linemen. If there was any year for the Aggies to make that jump from average to great and for Jimbo to earn that ungodly salary, 2020 was going to be the year. The prognosticators all agreed. Aggies were this highly touted team. And 
I guess what I'm saying here is we shouldn't sleep on them. I mean, they've got the talent. We shouldn't sleep on them. We shouldn't sleep with them, frankly. They're weird. Uh, what should we watch out for when the Tide has the ball? <laughs> um, the, Aggies, the Aggies have their top four tacklers back from last season, led by linebackers Buddy Johnson and Anthony Hines III. And that's honestly really all I can tell you. I didn't watch the Vanda game because I'm not a masochist, and really all I've read is that they should be better, and they cut, but they kind of sucked last year. So better than what, I guess, is the question. Uh, particularly in the turnover margin, they were last in the conference, I believe at minus six, nothing stands out. They're just a run-of-the-mill defensive team. They could be good one Saturday. They might not be. I wish I had more to offer you, but you've known me more for years, so I don't think you um, would expect much more from me, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and as long as you've known me, I'm glad you just let me get off with that joke. Get off with that joke about not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and kept on rolling. All right. Uh-huh. Speaking of rolling, please, let's get to the wagering. And let me say, Craig, that this podcast is coming to you from underneath the bridge at the bottom of Broadway here in Nashville because your boy lost the house last week. Uh, it was bloody. It was a slaughter. Big, big bets on Ugga, on Aggie, on everyone else in between. And and Bryce Young, not happy with you. Anyway, have me out here on these streets. Listen, we can't guarantee you the W, but we do know some good divorce lawyers if things don't work out and you end up on the streets like me. First up, <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz, the, the man whose name we have known for ages now, uh, will travel with his Missouri Tiger to Knoxville where uh, Jeremy Pruitt's Rocky Toppers are 10-point faves. Gregory, who do you hate? I... This line is exactly right. That's the problem here. Um, I was kind of impressed with Missouri. Uh, They're not bad. Look, I mean, nobody is going to – a team like that is not going to come within, you know, 10 points of Alabama. I think they could come within 10 points of a team like Tennessee. But it is at home. It is the home opener, I believe. Yeah, it is. The home opener for the Vol. So right there in the women's prison, I believe that I'm going to hate just barely on the Missouri Tiger. What about you? Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think Tennessee does feel like they have something to prove this year. Oddly enough, it's taken them 15 plus years to feel that way. But I think that they have a little bit of urgency behind this year's team. I think they will continue to get better. And you're exactly right. Missouri's not bad. They may put up a fight. It may be close at half, but I think Tennessee pulls away, covers the 10, Hayton a Tigre. All right. Next up, Cocky travels to the Gator. The Gator is given the cock 18 points. Who you hating, brother? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm going to hate this. I'm going to I'm going to hate that I said this next week. So let's go ahead and save this recording uh, so we can play it back and I will hate myself more than I do. I think Florida may be a real deal team right now. They've got the defense that we've known come come to know and love. And now I think Kyle Trask may be a thing. I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. Well, Uh, I mean, look, he's got that tight end whose name I can't remember right now. He seems to be just the biggest stud in all of college football. Caught three touchdowns and apparently was just a look like a badass doing it. So, 
you know, uh, until I see him play Georgia, I'm yeah. not I'm not pulling the trigger just yet. But there's something going on down there. That's exactly right. Yeah, something going on. I I mean. I, I hate that I am making too much out of what somebody's done against Lane Kiffin's week one right. defense. Fun storyline, by the way, though. This is Coach Boom coming home to Gainesville. Uh, so that'll be hilarious yeah. to watch. Maybe his last game. I think he's quickly on the way out here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to call this my hate of the week. Of the week. Of the week. And hate a cock here. I think the Gators put up a ton of points. I think the cock puts up few points. Yeah, and and it's not just it's not just Muschamp and the cock. It's how the cock lost last week. Oh. I mean, that was a brutal way to lose. If you watch the end of that game, um, they were down ten driving, and instead, uh, no, down, down seven. seven. They yeah. were down seven driving uh, in the in the red zone, and. <laughs> Boom decides to kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth, which, okay, I get it. But then that puts your defense in a position of, I've got, you know, at the end of the game, I've got to stop Tennessee. I've got to somehow run a, an efficient drive that I haven't run all, all day and score. I, I, I think you, you just unzip and pull it out and go for it right then. I, I, you know, I don't believe in the let's, let's get the three and hope we can get the seven later when they've been performing like they've been performing. So to lose like that has to be un, just completely demoralizing. So I, I am with you. I, I am all about uh, the Gator giving the 18. All right. Sure, that'll be a winner for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So rush down to your bookie and bet on the cock immediately. That's right. right. All right, moving right along. The lane train takes the Rebels up to Lexington. Feels like that's a matchup that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, Right. In Kentucky, somebody will hit us with the the historical record there, and we'll appreciate it. Yes. Uh, The Cats coming off their loss on the Plains are seven-point faves. Gregory, who do you hate? Okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to just talk through it. Here's the thing. Everybody talked about Florida. They thought that Florida just drubbed Ole Miss. It was a 16-point game. That's honestly about what I thought it was going to be. I mean, I I picked Ole Miss, but that it was 16 didn't surprise me in the least. It wasn't really a drubbing. Ole Miss just had a bad second half, and maybe that's what they are. Maybe they're a bad second-half team. On the other hand, I thought Kentucky was – better than what I saw at Auburn. And maybe that's Auburn. Maybe that means Auburn's good, or maybe that means Kentucky's not as good as I thought they were. I don't know, but it's still at Kentucky. So I am going to hate on my Ole Miss Rebels. What about you, my friend? I'm with you again. This it's like Vegas knows what they're doing. I think they've got the line pretty close to right. I don't want to overreact to Kentucky's loss. I think Bo Nix looked fine. Look, I don't want to, I don't want to compliment. No, he was the highest-rated quarterback in the conference last was week. He really? so, okay. Yeah, well. Mac was about two points behind him. Uh, so you know, Bonex, you know, yeah. it, for, with all of what his, you want about his fathering, but his right, I, I'm not here. To, you know, I, I will compliment his quarterbacking, not so much his fathering skills. Okay, fair. Uh, so yeah, I thought he had a great day, and Kentucky is probably not as bad as they looked. At the same time, Ole Miss going to be able to score points with Lane. We know that, but I yeah. think this is probably a slight step backward for them. I'm hating a rebel as well. All right. Arkansas travels to Stark Vegas, where the Moo is given the hog 17 points. Who are you hating there, brother? 
I mean, it would be the most moo thing to somehow blow this game. I would laugh for eons, but I it's a it's a new day down in Starkville, which Lord, they've needed it for two hundred years uh-huh. now. And I think I think they covered this one no sweat. I don't know that Arkansas puts up much of a fight in spite of what they did against Uga, so I'll hate a hog. I think Moo is going to shit the bed at some point against somebody like this, but this ain't the week. Arkansas is trash. I don't care how long they held Georgia to seven to seven points. That that I think was Georgia was self inflicted. It wasn't because of anything Arkansas did. So at some point they're going to shit the bed. But this is not the week they're going to blow the hog out. Uh, Arkansas is not prepared for what the pirate's about to unleash. This, in fact, is my hate of the week of the week of the week of the week. I love a hog blowout. All mm-hmm. right, all right. Uh, next up. The oldest rivalry in the South, quote unquote, as uh, Aubryn and the Gus Bus hop on the Gus Bus, in fact, uh, to, to travel to Athens, Georgia, where Kirby Smart's team is somehow seven and a half point faves. Gregory, who do you hate? I think, I think, first of all, I think, I think Auburn's going to have to make a new plan, Stan, but I will give the barn some props. What they did last week to honor Pat Dye with with the Gus bus dressed in the horrible short sleeve shirts and the big 80s cap. Is that the, what that was? Yeah, you didn't know? No. It was no. cool. It was a very cool thing. You know, he was oddly wearing pants, which really no. didn't fit with the theme at all. <laughs> Not Dye style, no. No, not really. Um, and uh, probably was sober, but I can't promise that either way. But nevertheless, there was those horrible short sleeve button down shirts, big 80s cap, big Pat Dye sunglasses. It was cool. Uh, I, I, I dug that a lot. I mean, I, I have no I have no problems with Pat Dye as much as I have problems with Auburn. I don't have a problem with Pat Dye. He's always a decent guy. But nevertheless, that's not the issue, but props to them on that. I think Georgia figures it out. I, I don't know why I think that. This rivalry has gone Georgia's way more often than it is than it is not in the past fifteen years or so. And frankly, I think Kirby's got something to prove right now. You can't just go to Arkansas and ass it up like they did. They they pulled it out at the end, but that was an ugly game. And if they're going to try to make a national championship run, they're coming to Alabama in what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. Or is it one week? Anyway, they're, they're coming to Alabama, so they're going to have to uh, fire themselves up a little bit more than what they had going on in Arkansas. And if they don't start now, they're not going to. So I am hating on uh, the barn yourself. Yeah, I think it was Pat Dye. My granddad always called liver lips. Well, that's why. fair. Yeah, he did have <laughs> did floppy that. lips. Yeah, he did. I guess yeah, I guess that makes sense. Also, just a note on Gus, has to be the person who has eaten at Waffle House sober the most, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the nation. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's okay. I mean, if you're just, uh, but I've never honestly thought to myself like, wake up in the morning, go, you know, damn, I could use some Waffle House. No, no, never, never in my life. Can't relate. Uh, I think I'm gonna split with you here. We may have been on the same page this whole time, but I, I think Auburn is looking better. I don't know that they pull it out. I'm excited about this game. I think it's going to be a good one, a close one, and we'll see what Bo Nix is made of against that. Bulldog defense. I think they cover. I'm going to hate a dog here. Okay. And uh, before we move on, I would be remiss if we left out producer 
producer Ian's Golden Panthers. Were they ever the Golden Panthers or did know. I make that up? I think okay. a lot of teams dropped that because it felt like Golden Shower. Is that, you think that was the, the motivation there? You know, there was, well, first of all, there were the, I mean, there were the, there were the Rainbow Warriors in Hawaii. And I think yeah. they thought that was gay. So they just went with Warriors. And then the, 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 the UCF was the Golden Knights. And I think they dropped that because it was too much like a golden shower, although it's not like a golden shower. It's entirely different, but yet still. So I think at Pitt, I think, I don't know that they were the Golden Panthers, but let's go with that. I'm, I'm on a, who really cares about facts? Sure. No. And, and for the record, Golden Knights coming out of Orlando, they were definitely concerned about the golden shower. It's it's a, it's a valid concern. Let's, let's not, let's not lie. Also, I think, and we're off topic here, but I think Hawaii has added Rainbow back. Really? So maybe, maybe gay again. Anyway, okay. 11, 11 o'clock spot. Not that there's anything wrong with that, by the way. That's, of course. Thank you. 11 o'clock spot at Heinz Field. Our pants are 14 point faves against uh, Coach Mark Godfrey's right now. Wolfpack from North Carolina State. Is that right? Okay. First of all, why does, has Pitt always played at Heinz Field? I think that's recent-ish, but producer Petty will have to correct us there. Okay, I don't really know that information. I don't care that much. It just, it just struck me as strange. Carolina's – okay, first of all, were we right or were we right about the yep. Panthers beating the hell out of Louisville? Not so much the hell out of but beating them nevertheless. Yep. Okay, so stick with us on the Panthers. We got some information here. I firmly believe that North Carolina State, whomever their coach may be, is trash. If your name is not Clemson or Notre Dame and you're in that conference, you are trash. Yep. So – with that in mind, uh, 14 points. I am absolutely hating on the North Carolina State Wolfpack. What about you? Love it. I was kind of into the Wolfpack a couple of years ago. Actually, right. I am embarrassed to admit that I know that their coach is Dave Doran. Don't know his I background, but I know his literally name. Literally never heard of that person before. I know. I know. Uh, they had a couple of players a year ago. I think they all got suspended or maybe just graduated. Something happened to those guys. Uh, so I don't think they're there anymore. Not worried about the Wolfpack going with our pants. Peyton. Okay. You've got to stop making that a thing. It's not a thing. It's hard to say. Doesn't Panthers? seem like a thing anybody would say. Maybe that's why they call themselves the Panthers and not the pants. <laughs> okay. If you, if you insist. <laughs> All right. Uh, so finally, Texas A&M travels to the University of Alabama for the 2.30 afternoon kickoff where your crimson – and by the way, the weather is amazing in Alabama oh, right now. Brother. And I believe I, – I, uh, front of the program, Roger Myers, tweeted out that they're looking at a high of 65, which, by the way, 65 in the daytime is the perfect temperature. I've done a study. 65 mm. is absolutely where you want it to be. If the wind's blowing a little bit, it's even better. But that's not the point. I don't hate a 64. Oh, 64. Stunning. Stunning. All right. So get yourself to Tuscaloosa and don't go to the game and don't go to anywhere. Just kind of wander around and wear a mask. But that's not the point either. We're talking about the game. We are 17 and a half point favorites. We are giving A&M 17 and a half points. What say you, Brother Metz? I actually thought this game was in College Station, which for some reason made me like the tide more. Yeah. Um, but... Here's the thing. So it was it was friend of the program, Jimmy Stein. I don't know if he's friend of the program. QB country, good football yeah. knowledge guy. After the Missouri game, he basically said, what I saw on the field Saturday 
can be a national championship team. There is right. no unit out there that makes me worry that it is a huge weakness. He said, you know, obviously room to grow at every position, sure. but it is a, it's a complete package. I think that is absolutely the case. And I think the line has not caught up to that knowledge yet. It will later in the season when we're 34, 40 point favorites, then Vegas will know what we know. But right now I still feel confident that Vegas doesn't know. And I think we, I'm going to say, put the house on it. <laughs> it would be nice to have one. So maybe I can get one back. You ain't got no house. No, no. I am big on the tide here. I just think uh, too many weapons. The defense has shut down Kellen Mon 15 times now. And I think 16 times will maybe be the last. Who can say? Right. I am hating an Aggie here hard. All right, here's a little fun fact. This game opened Saturday night at 13 and a half. Ooh. By Sunday morning, money had moved it to 17 and a half. That's how, like you said, Vegas needed to catch up. That's how far behind Vegas is on what's going on because I absolutely believe, I don't, I don't know what will happen on a playoff because you know anything can happen in that scenario. But I don't see a team on this schedule that is capable of, of beating Alabama if they play like they played for the first three quarters on Saturday. Given that, uh, given that an assistant has never beaten Nick Saban in, I don't know, 9,000 tries. And uh, I, I just, you know, they needed, they, they, they squeaked past Vanderbilt and no matter how pissed off you are, you're still coming into Alabama. Uh, that makes a difference. It's not like they're going into, you know, beat up on Ole Miss. They're coming into another, into a juggernaut. I am with you. We're going to beat these champs by 30. If you have a house, I highly recommend wagering it on the Crimson Tide this week. Uh, and that'll do it for this year's second edition of the Houndstooth Heroes, the worst football podcast on the internet. As always, we will try to do better next week. Thanks to Bo and Elliot and all the good people at Druid City Brewing for keeping us in the very tastiest of suds when we're in Tuscaloosa. They are open for carry out to get your growler, get it to go, get whatever you need, but absolutely keep Bo and Elliot in business. Go see them at Druid City Brewing Company. Uh, take us home, my man. Yeah, and actually, before we sign off, a quick shout out to listener Lee. Yeah. I don't know if she, I don't know if she and listener Tony are still with us on the ride this year but if they are we appreciate you Gregory I love you absolutely love you buddy alright y'all be good roll tide Thank you.